Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Talkin' Jacks. My name is Alex Warren, I am your host, and with me as always is my wonderful co-host Ben Goshorn, aka Goose, aka the Soccer Goose, aka uh, the Seinfeld gift guy. How you doing today, Ben? I'm doing good. Um, a rainy day here in North Carolina. I think the storm's already up till you too, so it's a pretty big one, but... Yeah, it's a... Not... If you hear thunder and um, like rain pelting on the window in the background, sorry, that's just yeah. uh, the cost of of the summer or not summer, I guess the April showers bringing May flowers. Yeah, they do. It's the cost of and uh, pollen. We, yes, that is uh, <laughs> is for sure. But um, yeah, I feel like we should go over the good part of the weekend. Um, which I guess was more on my side since I was able to take the trip down, but the tailgate was amazing. <laughs> um, everything before the game was fantastic. Um, and then the game started and the game happened. Um, yep. But, uh, but yeah, I definitely got to uh, say thank you for the regiment um, for welcoming us and having an amazing brunch breakfast. Um, brunch. Brunch. Know, tailgate. Um, a brunch brunch. <laughs> Um, but it was really good. Um, they're always hospitable and, uh, yeah. What did you, uh, what did you think of the game, Alex? I thought, um, the first like 20 minutes until we gave up the goal, I thought that was the best start to a game we've had all season. Um, yeah. we were moving, we were passing and moving really well. Create, we created, uh, two or three really good chances, that we honestly should have taken um, the the one I that I really think we're gonna regret the most is the the very first or I guess it was maybe the second shot we had in the game because the first one was mm. Jake from outside of the box um, it was a decent shot he had he had plenty of space uh, so it's like you know n- no fault in him taking that shot but the the one I'm talking about is the Damo Duro shot um, Enzo played him played him through great pass for my Enzo. I thought he just, he was a little too long with his touches. Um, the angle got too tight and, and not to take too much away from Kuzminski cause it was a re- it was a really good save. But, yep. um, I think if Oduro had taken it earlier, I think he would have probably scored or at least, um, there would have been an opportunity for a rebound to Enzo or somebody else crashing in at the end, because the angle that he ended up taking the shot it was either going to be a goal or it was going to go out for a, a corner kick or a throw in because uh, the goalkeeper, I think it ended up going out for a corner. Uh, but that was, that was one of the best chances we created in the game really, uh, which that kind of tells you about what happened afterwards because that was in like the 15th minute. Um, so, you know, that, it, from, from that standpoint, the first, the first 20 minutes were outstanding in, compared to the rest of the games. Um, but from there it was, um, a typical frustrating game away to Charleston. Um, yeah. Wasn't a whole lot going for us in the final third. And the defending um, outside of the, you know, outside of the two goals, the defending looked better. Uh, there were, there were a couple of individual moments that were not great, um, including the goals. But I thought from a, team standpoint uh, they kept their that they, they seem to be communicating a little bit better mm. um but you were on the scene uh what did you see in those first 20 minutes 
it felt it honestly felt like the most comfortable we've looked to start the game really but mm-hmm. the, the most comfortable and the most time we've really had i think honestly i i think it we we linked passes really well mm-hmm. in that they, yeah we really did in that um, that first section that was i mean some really really nice passing yeah it, it's I, I hate to be pessimistic about that but i wonder if it's more of charleston just sitting back and seeing what we wanted what we're going to do with the ball because they normally do that historically um so i wonder if that's that was a contributing factor for that being the case but we did have some some decent ball movement around the pitch too so i wouldn't say it was just them just letting us kick it between our center backs and things like that Mm -hmm. um and i think the biggest contributing factor to that too is that Charleston wasn't a pressing team. Everybody else we've played this year has been a high pressing team, a high active team, one that's going to be on the front foot. And this is probably the first time we haven't seen a team like that, at least to initially start the match. Um, And I think we had some really good link up play. And it it honestly, it was really disheartening the goal to go in just because it felt like it was just one lapse an yep. awkward bounce right to Svantessen. And unfortunately, it's it's tough to... It's it, I hate to see Brandon Miller continue to be in those positions because, I mean... I mean and give credit to Svantessen, too, because he put it where it'd be very difficult to save at that point, too. Um, and I will give credit because Brandon Miller had some good saves. He had some good he, – he was overall good in this game. Um, personally, I, I, don't, I don't think he's at fault for either of the goals today. Um, he made that save from the free kick that – Yeah, that free kick save was really nice. A lot of nice. teams aren't going to make. That was really something. Um, and the second goal, maybe not to jump too far ahead, but that's a goal that – how many times does that happen? Honestly, um, I hate to see the us give that much space to a player at the top of the box. Yeah, especially one um, who I had looked that's... threatening all day. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he Zico Lewis. He had a lot of space to run around, to find space, and really just cause problems all day. Um, so that was, yeah, it was, and it was right at the moment where like historically this year we've been like okay 70th minute hits <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna turn on the jets yeah and it was kind of took the they they kind of flipped it on steps. our heads yeah we didn't even yeah. get the chance to to turn it on because they scored and it from there it was kind of desperation for the last 20 minutes yeah and it's yeah it's just i don't know it's i think it's still I don't want to. This is probably going to sound like I'm making an excuse, but to be honest with you, I didn't expect to win this game. This is a way of Charleston. Charleston's a really good team at home. Haven't lost at home, if I'm not mistaken, this year. I, I would be curious to see the last time they lost it. Well, actually, it was in the playoffs last year. Um, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Regular season, let's say that. Um, so, I mean, really, this is a tough game. And I think we overall made some strides in a positive way it's just 
little things like the like this and that and, and chemistry are just still continuing to kill us unfortunately yeah and i'll tell you what like to, to, to me the most frustrating thing if we're you know talking big picture already um the frustrating thing for me is it seemed like after we surrendered the goal we didn't create a whole lot more in the first half and then the second half if you exclude the the flurry of chances off that one corner kick where we had three chances in the one corner kick we had a total of three shots other than those those three from the corner kick um and two of those were blocked so we had we had one shot other than one flurry at the i don't know that was after we went down two maybe was that in was that in added time or was that sooner than that it may have been sooner than that but it was what chance was that the like triple clear oh, it, clearance was... off the line that, that was i feel like that was after we gave it the second goal it was it was fairly late yeah i feel like fairly it was between on. the 80th and 85th minute or so yeah um but i mean it Considering how we've been and the opportunity for momentum to shift, it felt like that that goal or that opportunity was, killed me personally because I was still like, we still were getting some opportunities. Enzo was still working his butt off, um, and we we had some some good play here and there. We just couldn't find the last pass to get us in a good opportunity. I mean, there was, I want to say this was in the second half too, where. Enzo pulled it back like he similarly did when Oduro scored against Atlanta and Oduro just wasn't there. There was a defender that cleared it out, but to take a step back um, before I get too far ahead of myself, that corner that came in, I was watching Hugh the whole time. Cause he was, he was making some shuffle play here and there. And once he got his head on there, I'm like, okay, this is going in. It has to go in. And that damn post got in the way. <laughs> um, and it's funny too. Well, not funny, but it's, it's interesting because um, he had told me after the game that they'd been practicing that a ton in uh, in this last week, and every other like a handful of times in practice he put that on frame, every single one of them. So it's super unfortunate, and I, I think it's just it's a difficult position to be in at this point. I, I still think we've only played four games, so I don't I don't think it's quite time to panic. But do you have any other? notes or perspectives from the game i i just i feel like there was a tactical shift in the second half that took us away from what we were doing well in the first half because in the first half we didn't create a lot of great chances but we we had two opportunities from about the six yard box Hmm. and that was because we were passing and moving and moving off of each other and trying some inner interplay in the second half, we we from the start we were pressing like crazy. Um, I think almost at times we were pressing like a little too hard. Uh, like yeah. it was a little disconnected. Like they would, you know, a couple of the forward guys would press like crazy, but then the whole team wasn't pressing it together, and so then it it created breakdowns where they could just pass through the lines very easily, and then we were scrambling a little bit. And then that's just going to wear everybody out. That you know, then we're just kind of running around, wasting our energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that I mean, part of that is still just like learning the system and and, and getting into yeah. fitness and all that stuff. But um, 
we just we played a little too direct, I thought, in the second half. A lot of balls where we just were kind of hitting hitting it long and hoping that Oduro or Enzo or somebody would run it down and then make a play. Whereas in the first half, we were like we were said we were that was some of the best connecting play that we've seen so far yeah. uh, from the team. So I don't know if the mess if that was a directive from Coach McGinnis to play more direct and to really get after them physically. Uh, and but if it was, it, it didn't really work um, because, like I said, yeah. if you exclude that corner kick, and really if you just if you just go. From the time we were trailing 1-0 till we gave up the second goal in the 71st minute, um, we had a grand total of two shots. And mm. when you're trailing and you're, you're, you're trying to get an equalizer, you've got to take more than two shots in, I don't know how many, in, in gosh, 30 minutes almost? you got to take... Yeah, you gotta take more shots than that. Um, and I just think it, it just wasn't, you know, maybe it was just missing Jorge um, being somebody mm-hmm. who can connect a little bit in the midfield or 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 play. You know, I I, I really don't know what the answer was, but it certainly wasn't what we did uh, because it, I mean it was just yeah it was just really awful for that stretch. Um, and then once we did surrender the second goal, you know we've scored we've never scored more than one in charleston um and so yeah we had that late flurry at the end where we nearly scored three times off of the same corner kick um but other than that was our most i mean we 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 basically doubled our production in the second half of shots on that one corner kick Um, and that's just not good enough um so that was the most frustrating thing to me because like you said like i wasn't really necessarily expecting to win the game uh, we've never won in Charleston. It's a really tough place to play. Um, I was hoping that we would just bear down and grit out a point, and we could have done that. I think we, we, we if we'd had been disciplined uh, defensively a little more, because the first goal, I mean, you you got to clear that ball. I mean that yeah, that's just inexcusable from the the defending like like. <laughs> In perfect position. This wasn't a positioning yeah. thing. This wasn't a marking thing. Absolutely there. Just whiffed. Literally whiffed on the on the clearance. Uh, and then, like you said, it maybe we maybe we got a little unlucky that it bounced right to Spontessen. But uh, but that's just really really poor. Um, and then the second goal, um, like you said, you know it was a great strike. I don't want to take anything away from Zico Lewis because he was really their most threatening player all game. Uh, but mm-hmm. you would think that him being the most threatening player for the entire game, that the uh, the left side of our defense would kind of be aware of him in that situation, long throw, um, just off of a throw-in, left him too, too much space, um, and he made his pay. So uh that yeah, to, to me i mean that it was just a frustrating frustrating performance especially considering um how well we started because the way we played in the first 20 minutes we absolutely could have if we did sustain that um i think we absolutely would have at least gotten a point if not taken the game but i mean like you know like you you were saying 
didn't really expect to win, but I did expect us to compete more than we did, uh, especially after going a goal down. That's my two. That's my yeah. two cents. I got you. What did you think of the the subs bringing on Kivatuka or not Kivatuka? I don't know why I'm saying his name. Uh, Taku and uh, um, Mansale later in the game as attacking options. Thought it was a little weird. I mean, um, taking off Alex, I thought was the weird part. But you know, it, I think that was what signaled to me that this was clearly a tactical decision to play more direct. Because if you're going to play more direct, Alex is not the person you want trying to chase balls in behind over the top. Alex is not that. That's not his game. His game is he's going to come to the ball, pick it up, look to play a pass, a quick one-two dribble around somebody, that kind of thing, play play shorter, uh, occupy those kinds of spaces. He's not the guy that's going to run in on those long balls. Uh, but I don't really think Taku is either. So that was a – but I, yeah. I, I understand too that the uh, our bench options were very slim due to probably some mm. injuries. I mean, Jorge was not in the 18. I imagine that was an injury uh, because otherwise, why in the world would he be left out? Um mm. Mansali, I don't know. I I still haven't seen a whole lot from him that makes me think he's going to be like a top option. Um, but it's yeah. it's early. <clears throat> but Taku, I, I don't know. I thought my first thought was that Taku was going to slide to right back and they were going to push Joel Johnson higher up the field because Joel mm-hmm. Johnson does have the pace to run in behind and, and get, yeah, get forward and put in a cross or a cutback. So I thought that was going to be the move. But then when Taku was playing on the wing, he doesn't really strike me as the type of guy that's going to run past anybody either. So I thought that was a little bit of a strange move. Um, the last sub, I, I, you know, I'm not sure if we were, to, we would have seen Kivatuka's debut or not, but it was kind of determined um, by mom's injury, yeah. which, which we were just talking off the, off the mic it reminded us of Duckett's injury um, that he had just struggled with uh, over the last like two, I think, I think it happened two years ago and he's, he just now had the surgery this past off season to repair it and kind of get it back to normal. So I really hope it's not that serious, Um, but it did look, it did look like a pretty nasty shoulder injury um, when he went down. So you, you hate that. But that was our third sub. So at that point, you know, we were trailing by two. Maybe, and you probably don't want to, you know, go balls to the wall and throw on another winger and force somebody to play out of position on the back line and hope for the best um, when, you know, you're on the road against a yeah. tough opponent. So, you know, that could have, it could have ballooned if we'd have maybe gone for it a little bit too much. So I know that was a, probably a tough decision to kind of weigh the pros and cons of trying to make a late comeback like we have already done versus just trying to um, maybe think about goal differential and, and maybe just not um, not risking getting blown out. So I don't know. The, the two, yeah, the two I mean, subs, I mean. The only other thought, yeah. thing I thought was, hmm. yeah, I think. Honestly, Mark Hill and George played pretty well together. Um, I think Mark Hill wasn't as comfortable getting forward as we maybe saw him previously. Um, I thought he was. I thought I he was liked more. 
better in the first half. I just think yeah. like something happened in the second half. Yeah. Nobody was was playing well in the second half, and I think it was because we I, yeah. we were just launching bad passes into bodies, and I don't know. It was strange. Um, I I thought Mark Hill. You know, we've heard that he's not quite ninety minutes fit. I wonder if he was maybe somebody that was going to sub out, and then you were going to see maybe Jake go into his position. But then when the injury happened, maybe that was and, – and I don't know. Mark Hill was also on a yellow card too, um, which it was a bogus yellow card, I thought. But um, Yeah, I don't know how that was a yellow card. Well, I think like, I think he actually I, gave him the yellow card for kicking the ball away, which he didn't kick the did ball – he didn't kick the ball away in descent. He kicked the ball away like as a pass. It was – it was like a fluid moment. He 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 thought he won the tackle, and then he played a pass. Um, and because the reason I think this is because the referee, when he pulled out the yellow card, he kept pointing to where he played the ball. So he kept he just kept mm. he 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 did it several times. He pointed several times to where Mark Hill had just played the kicked the ball away. But it was not like it wasn't like he. It it was a little bit after the whistle. But not long yeah. enough to where he was doing it out of descent. In my, like, yeah, I don't know. I haven't. The <laughs> match center. It says it's a bad foul. Which the match. Say, my match center doesn't even say anything. It just it just says yellow card, Mark Hill. It doesn't even say a reason. Oh, that I thought was weird too. That I've never seen that before. To be honest with you, if you go to the little ticker um, that has every single when a bre- when a player gets a water bottle. Oh, I don't do that. Thing, I don't look at that. Um, yeah, that that gives you a pretty detailed gotcha. um, explanation, but it's a bad foul. It wasn't. It wasn't that, even like, a foul. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know the angle. I'll say this: the angle from the stream, I don't think did a good job showing the contact, because I do think he may have missed the ball, and got the man, but I don't know how a pretty typical contact on the field is a yellow card i mean it's a foul he stopped the player and not the ball or maybe hit the player or the ball and then hit the player but like a yellow card for that i honestly don't even know how enzo got his card too oh enzo's was bad enzo's enzo's was bad was it yes it was it was stupid i think that may have been on the far side of the pitch now that i remember right it was it was it was on the far side from you no he was um he was, it was right after everybody had just been given a talking to, um, because oh, yeah, that, and th- that was the dumb part of it. Honestly, it was right after I, Alex got fouled really hard, which I thought the foul on Alex by, I think it was Jay Bolt that fouled him. I thought that should have been a yellow card because that was to me out of all the fouls in the game, that was probably the worst. That was the worst tackle. It was from behind. He had no chance of getting the ball, oh. like right into Alex's shin uh that should have been a yellow card right there instead the referee yeah. decided to give him a talking to and, and and from there everybody knew that that was the level you know if you if there's another foul like this um it's gonna be a yellow card and then like two minutes later enzo does exactly the same thing from behind has no chance to to win the ball is already beaten and just takes takes the guy's leg out um so that was not a good yellow card there are some Enzo yellow cards that you, you live with. Um, that was not the one that I want to live with because, you know, we need him on the field. Yeah. And um, 
he just that it was so early in the game too like he had to be a little cautious the rest of the game um but same thing with with mark yeah. hill i think from that moment on he had to be a little more cautious with his um with the way he played physically um mm. and yeah it was um that was my take on the refereeing i guess yeah i just I don't. I think that may have actually played into what hurt us in this game is that the way the referee called the game and gave the yellow card so quickly. Well, maybe Enzo's penalty or foul was yellow card worthy, but the way he was inconsistent with calling fouls and giving yellow cards willy nilly, and I, I can't. I, I would have to imagine that would get in the psyche of the defenders because there was the one foul. Well, I almost thought George got a yellow card too. Now I think about it, because there was the time where he like, kind of reached around Higashi to get around to stop him. Oh yeah, and... I don't know how George got away with out of yellow card in this game because he committed two yeah. fouls that probably should have been yellow cards. Yeah, I mean he was very physical. I'll give him that too. Like, but it was just yeah. I, I wonder if that did play into the a little bit of. Uh, the play in the game unfortunately but Maybe. i think there are some positives to take from the game i mean i think we we definitely were more we were better connecting between the back line and the midfield this game i think i think george had a pretty good overall game um there still were a couple ch- instances where we just we lost possession or made just a single bad pass when somebody was getting pressured and just you just can't have that happen, especially against a team like Charleston that's got some pacey players and that are they're going to put pressure on you. Mm-hmm. But that final third, this game I really feel like would have been, not that there isn't a really good Herrera game, but I think this would have been a moment or a game that would have been perfect for Jorge Herrera. Mm-hmm. He comes on, he brings on some um, some energy, and I think that's really what we were missing. Maybe not even him necessarily, but just some energy later in the game. Yeah. I think... I think we just honestly got frustrated the more the game went on, especially after the the three misfired shots in front of the box there um, off that corner. It, 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 it's a little bit disappointing, but it is what it is. Yeah, there was definitely some frustration you could see at the end of the game. Um, yeah. but And how quickly the players left the pitch too. I mean, I don't know that. I mean, it's, I'm assuming it's probably because we were away, but I mean, whew, they uh, they they left pretty quickly. Let's just let's just put it that way. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we do have some questions, so let's get to those. Um, and these are, I think, most of these are more big picture type questions. But uh, mm-hmm. the first one's from Chris Davis. He said, uh, "We all knew it would be a slow start, but at what point do we panic at the lack of wins?" I mean, it, it's actually interesting he brought this up because I was listening to Mongols, which is a Riverhounds podcast, and they were bringing up similar things because they've had some struggles this year too. They finally won, so they're off the schnei, but mm-hmm. um, we still haven't won. Uh, but they, they brought up a good point. I don't honestly think – they had different opinions through the podcast, but it was still entertaining. I don't believe you really need to worry until we're like 10 games in be honest with you i mean at this point now i i would probably reel that into maybe seven games in just because 
the, the matter of momentum, you, you got to find some rhythm early in this in this year, or it's just going to, especially with the Open Cup coming up too, um, in I, I couldn't tell you exactly when, but fairly I soon. I think it's usually in May. Is, the, is it okay? So we still got some time. I think, but uh, I could be wrong. It's hard to remember. Yeah, it's. I would say seven games in. Oh, great! That's when we play uh, North Carolina FC. How perfect! Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I would say if we don't have a win by that time, playing at that point three more home games, or yeah, we play the next three at home. I'm so lost right now yeah uh, um if we don't have a win and the next three home games i think it, it's cause for concern um to be <laughs> honest with you um those won't be easy all three of them because of course one is a tuesday game thanks usl scheduling yeah that's the um, one i'm 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 pretty yeah. upset about to be honest yeah i don't i don't know why I don't know that anybody else plays on a Tuesday to begin with. If we were playing in Bethlehem, maybe that makes sense. But like, I don't know what the, I don't know what they were doing. The, it's just a, it's a Tuesday. That like yeah, we have to play. So okay, let's back up. Let me ask okay. the question first, and then I'll maybe rant about the <laughs> stupidity of the schedule. Um, All right. So we will be playing this coming Saturday at home against the Red Bulls too. I think this game is a game we have to win mm. because the following game is a Tuesday. It is 72 hours, give or take, after we wrap up the Saturday game. Mm. We play probably the two youngest rosters back-to-back uh, it, within 72 hours of each other, who can both, you know, could th- if they wanted to, they could put together, they could put, you know, Bethlehem could put two separate 11s on the field for their game of, over that weekend, and then our game, our game on Tuesday. I don't know if they play. They may not even play that weekend. I don't know. Um, but they, you know, we. With short rest, we have like 15 players right now that are healthy. Um, I mean, hopefully Jorge's back soon. But, I mean, you you almost have to pencil that in as a loss to Bethlehem. Because, for one thing, they're a pretty decent opponent. Uh, I know that they're not off to the fastest start this year, but last year they owned us. Um, I mean, they ripped us apart both times last year. Um, so I, I am very nervous about that game, especially if we don't win Saturday against Red Bull two, Red Bull two is a little bit different story. It seems like they always kind of get off to a slow start. Um, they're not off to like a typical slow start this year. They've got seven points after three matches, um, which is pretty fast for a start. Um, yeah, they've looked pretty good. So it's not going to be easy. But I think I think if we can get that win, get the get that monkey off our back, uh, you know, grind out a draw that Tuesday, and then hope for the best in the Derby. I, I mean, we, this schedule is just brutal. 
we have we, we so go it's not from gonna get better anytime soon. No, and it drives me crazy that we're having to play these short rest matches so early in the season. That usually doesn't happen yeah. until you're already past the open cup. Like like why in the world is it so if jumbled up really at the big like I'm pissed. Like we have to play with uh, yeah. We had to play Sunday, which is fun. Great. So we get to play New York Red Bulls on a short rest. It's just a day, but it is short rest. Yeah. And but at the cumulative effect of all this short rest, we get a day less rest to play Red Bulls too. Then we get freaking two days between that game and Bethlehem. And then we turn around and play again that Saturday. Yep. And then you know, from there we probably have the open cup in a couple weeks. Yeah. So I'm I mean I'm pissed at the schedule makers, but also I don't know. Maybe let's get some more bodies in here. You know, they keep talking about, oh, well, the roster is probably going to be in the low 20s. Well, right now we have like 16 guys. So yeah. where where are the other six guys going to come from? Because it's it you know it's it's April. We need some we need some some people to who are fit and able to get on the field because even if we sign somebody tomorrow. We've seen how slowly the new signings have been integrated. It's not like they're signing on Wednesday and then playing on Saturday. It's taken Mark Hill. It took Mark Hill almost like a month to get his first start. So I imagine if we sign anybody, it's going to be a while before we even see them. So I'm a little concerned about just that aspect of things. Um but yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not panicking. It's not time to panic. But if we don't win, like you said, if we don't win one of the next three games, then I think it is time to panic. Yeah. If we because, don't win one of our first five home games, that's and, a pretty good chunk of our home games. Yeah, and I know we've I mean, got I know we've played some good teams uh here to start yeah. the season. We knew it was gonna be a slow start, but things need to start clicking. Um because and I think they are in some aspects, but just, yeah, but you know, some aspects is great, but yeah. it would be nice if those aspects led to some better results. <laughs> yeah. We need all aspects to click at the same time and score us goals, stop goals, all the shebang. Yeah. So anyways, yep. already gotten fired up a little bit too much, probably. Yeah. It's uh USL doesn't do itself a lot of justice with the, the scheduling. That's for sure. The next question comes from Matt TW. Uh, he says, I saw our players make several creative, skillful passes and runs in the first 20 minutes. Then those plays just seemed to vanish. What happened? So we've already kind of talked about this. I wish I knew, but it seemed like mm-hmm. there was a concerted effort in the second half to play more direct. Um, yeah. Just looking at our pass maps, it's kind of hard because – I don't like I don't I would have to look at each individual player almost on their own to get a feel for cuz they're if you've ever seen the chalkboard where they show all the the pass maps it gets very convoluted very <laughs> yeah. quickly because wish, it's a little tiny box and they're yeah, mapping literally every pass the the heat map for first and second half okay you can you can yeah what you're about to blow my mind, Alex. The heat map, if you look at the heat map, and and I don't know, the only my only issue with this is I don't know if it like is relative the whole game or if it swaps. 
Does that make sense? So I like you know you swap you swap yeah. sides. Yeah. Does the heat map swap sides? It's a little unclear because it's a little wonky looking. Um, in the second half, but if the heat map is to be believed, the first the first half there's a lot of red and yellow, which is more high, uh, highly concentrated movement and stuff. Um, there's a lot of that in the middle of the field and on the right flank, which is where we did a lot of our passing and moving. In the second half, there's a lot on the right flank and the left flank in the back line. And then the, if you see the middle of the field where we need to be scoring goals, there's a whole lot of green and blue. Yeah. And it, and this could be because they, the heat map is laid out un- incorrectly. I don't know. Really hard to tell. Maybe one of our friends who works for Opta can maybe explain um, how they – how they map that out um but it regardless they i mean you just you could just tell by watching it they decided they did there was an effort to go more direct in the second half like if i just look at um i'm just going to pick out a couple players to look at if you just if you just look at the the back line if you just take q roberts um if you just take the back four and look at their passes in the first half compared to the second half you'll see a difference Mm -hmm. You'll see the lines get a lot longer, um, a lot more unsuccessful passes. So, and it wasn't like they were under pressure, like you said. It's not like Charleston was pressing high and forcing us to play long passes. It was clearly a directive um, from from the coaching staff, unless the players just decided to play really direct, which seemed like they wouldn't do that after the way they played in the first half. Um, yeah. But, you know, whatever. We've we've beaten that horse to death. I don't want a Monday morning quarterback this whole thing. Um, but no. it uh, it's a little frustrating because it seemed like if we'd have just stuck with what we was working in the first half, we may have broken through. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not my call. And uh, I'm probably not nearly as qualified as any of the people who made that call. <laughs> do you agree with your way for a license, sir? I do not. I don't have any licenses. Neither do I. I've got a driver's license. There you go. I mean, yeah. uh, Jason, I'm ignoring that question. It's not even a question. It's just a comment. <laughs> um, oh, he does have a question. Um, now that preseason is over, are you excited for the real games to begin? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I like, yes. Sad like that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> if only. If only. Yeah. It's like I'm just gonna wake up and be like, oh, okay, we haven't been playing. These aren't regular season games; they're just warm up games. Well, I mean, in all yeah, honesty, I mean, though, if you do treat it like that, you know, if the team has been treating these as preseason games, which maybe they have, maybe they've had to. Um, we have shown yeah, like very, sm- very small baby step improvement in yeah. some aspects each game. So, and in some respects, not all these games don't matter, but we still got like three fourths of the season. Like well, a lot. We have a lot more than three fourths this season. Even more, even better. <laughs> I'm not. And, my and, math's and not great, gets... but I think after four played, I think we still have more than seventy five percent to go. <laughs> well, plus or minus three fourths, whatever. Um, this isn't. Uh, this isn't some. Eh, never mind. I was gonna insult a league, but then I remembered 
you cover that league in your other podcast, so I'm not going to do that because I don't want to hurt your oh. other podcast. Listen to Amateur Hour on the BGN Network. Don't hurt the Alex. But, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I don't know. We, do we have uh, any other listener questions? No, no more questions. That was it. <laughs> okay, good. So I was wondering, I was, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I wanted more questions or didn't want any more sad big picture questions. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think it's not time to to burn the bridge down. I would say, so here's one thing. I'm glad I remember this. And you alluded to this. If you could bring one position player in, who would it be? What or where would it be on the field and why? Oh, if, I don't have to name a player. That's no, good. Okay, like I thought you were asking me to name some like obscure USL player who, uh, no. like only you remember type. Um, I would, <laughs> man, that's a good question. I I don't know. Um, I mean, based on the way we've played. And the fact that Aaron Mond might be missing a lot of time uh, with his injury, I might would bring in another center back. <laughs> but um, yeah, but for the sake of a compelling podcast, I'll say something else. Um, but I think we're missing a wide player, um, especially if we're if it kind of just depends on what we're going to do tactically. If we're going to continue to play direct like this, we don't really have the, the the players out wide to play that style unless you're going to move Oduro out wide um, and then move Enzo inside. And if, if that's the case, then I guess you could put Jake out wide left, Oduro out wide right, and Enzo through the middle and then move Alex inside to the midfield. Um that could work if you're gonna go if you're gonna play more direct. Um, I mean, honestly, I just I, I just want to see what we have when we have everybody available, um, because I think Jorge coming in for thirty to forty minutes a game, if he's gonna do that consistently, I think that's a really great option to have off the bench, and it allows somebody like Oduro or uh, Jake or whoever to play a little more wide open for the time that they're out there. Um, you know, we saw Jake play out wide more in this game and it was working early. I thought, I thought he was doing some good stuff. Uh, but again, the whole team was doing some good stuff early and it just kind of went away. Um, but if we had another wide player just as an option, but we have, I mean, we have, we haven't seen Kivatuka, so maybe he's that guy, you know, maybe he could be, the answer there. We also have uh, the guy who they haven't announced, but is on the roster and was listed as a sub for this game. Prestige. Uh, yeah. Umbungu. And then I think, sure. I think I, we just haven't seen enough of Minsali uh, to know what he brings really, because I think yeah, he's yeah. still battling fitness issues. And uh, you know, he was, he was injured, I believe coming into the first game. Um, so I think he might not be fully fit yet because he he's been used mainly as a sub or when he did start he was subbed off fairly early i think um yeah so i don't know i think the answer if i could bring in one player it would be a center back honestly <laughs> still uh, that that took a, a, a i don't know turn. it's just like 
Aaron Mond is, I mean, that was a nasty injury. That looked like he separated his shoulder yeah. or dislocated it. Um, and so that would just leave us with two center backs if he is down for any considerable time. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, uh, not great. No, that's not great at all, especially considering, you know, Tico and Roberts didn't seem to have a whole lot of chemistry together when they have played beside each other. Uh, but maybe that will improve, you know, with more reps. Yeah, it definitely may improve. And I think, I think that's a solid choice. I'm going to go completely different. I, I was trying to figure it out how positionally it would work. And I don't have my UEFA A license. But what I will say is, if we are going to play like Liverpool, do a 4-3-3, I think we need a target striker. We need a Firmino. We need a maybe not even a tall necessarily, but a, a player that's going to be good on his feet, can hold up play, and then can get it to the Enzos, the Oduros. Because I feel like Dom is... I liked what he's brought to the team, but I don't think he's being utilized as well as he could be. Um, <laughs> I think he's I think he's best, and we've seen it in spurts where he's he's good at finding places to that are deadly on the pitch, and I don't think he's best with his feet or the yeah, with the ball at his feet. I don't think I'd agree I think with that. I yeah, I'd agree with ball, that. And I think if we could get a player that would would be able to bring the ball down, hold up play, find the Alex, find the Enzo that could get it then to Dom that's running on a, a center back or a, a fullback that's on his heels. Mm-hmm. I think that would really bring another dimension to the attack. Um, that may even be just seeing more Herrera, honestly. That may be the, the, the fix to that. But I think we're lacking just that la- that last bit of attacking spice yeah well see i think what you're describing i think enzo could do that job uh he did that a little bit in his second mvp nomination year in seven in 2017 he played a little bit of that false nine you know in between not not in between a nine and a ten role uh he and jorge did that a lot that year so i think i think those two guys could could do that um and i i think what you're describing, like, I, I think if, if you just, for instance, if Jorge comes in off the bench in the 60th minute of this game, uh, then you can push Oduro out wide and then you have Enzo. Enzo can go wherever. Enzo can float. Enzo can play midfield. Enzo can play yep. wide left, whatever. Um, and then you've got Jorge kind of being that anchor kind of in the center. Um, maybe not anchor is probably not the right word, but. Yeah, I, I I can see that, but um, yeah, I don't know if I would. I just don't know if I would want to take because if you play if we had to sign a new guy like that, it would mean somebody is coming off the field who's like really important. I think that would mean either Oduro or Enzo or Jorge or Alex is probably not going to be in there. Um, yeah, and you know. I think those guys are going to be really important for us to get on the field. So mm-hmm. I, I really want to um, see this team healthy before we really start making any 
uh, like definitive, you know, any any definitive things about who should and shouldn't be playing and that kind of thing. So, I think I mean the the squad is so small. Everybody's going to have to play uh, at some point because True. whether whether by they're either going to have to play rotation minutes or somebody's just going to get injured and they're going to have to play that way. So. But I won't. I already went on a rant about not having enough players, so I won't do that again. I'm a little, nope. cran- I'm a little, I'm a little cranky today. It's 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 rainy. It's Monday. It's yeah. The team's not playing well. It's just <laughs> it's stuff like this happens. It's all right. All righty. Well, we have yeah, I think a uh, a match coming up Saturday against New York Red Bulls too. That game is at home at seven o'clock. Uh, we will be back with a Talking Jacks Extra at some point this week. Uh, I'm not sure who we're talking to or if we're talking to anybody just yet. But uh, we'll be back either way to preview the Baby Bulls. So come on out to the Plex on Saturday. It should be beautiful weather. Uh, it'll probably be the first kind of warm Saturday evening game uh, to bring bring the kids, bring whatever. Come on out, support the support the Jacks even when they're playing bad. Yes. Got anything else to add, Ben? No, I would definitely just reiterate that, and uh, I don't think now's the time to to panic. I don't think. No, but we're getting close. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, folks. Hope you have a good rest of your week, and uh, thanks again, as always, for listening. And come on, you jacks. <laughs>